The following program is brought to you by the Humble Farmer Bed and Breakfast in St. George, Maine. Thank you for listening. A while back, I was up in Millinocket, and someone was telling about the winter of 1933 up in the St. John River Valley. The winter had been bad that year with sub-zero temperatures and deep snow, as usual. A very old and tiny man who had outlived his friends and family passed away, and the undertaker was charged with storing the remains until the time when spring thaw would facilitate a burial. Now, unfortunately, the undertaker had put up his hearse for the winter, and he didn't want to take it out. This was a problem, because he could only legally move a body in a registered hearse. But you might know that the people of the St. John River Valley are, are a resourceful bunch, and the undertaker said, he said, well, he was, he was just a little fellow, so I folded him up, embraced him up in the back seat of my car. I put a hat on him and a coat and a scarf, all braced up against the seat. You know, nobody could tell. But we only went a little ways when we slid right off the road into a snowbank. Just then my cousin comes along, and he helps me out of the car. And I'm standing there trying to get my breath when he opens the back door and notices that the fella has fallen on the floor and isn't breathing. So he gets some snow and starts rubbing it on his face. And when I see what he's doing, I say, that probably won't do no good. He's been dead for three days. Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to me. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music. Thank you. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. There are, as you might know, people who impress me with their dry wit. And after I laugh, I write it down, because I know you'd probably like to hear it too. Gladys, who was an old woman who lived next door to me for years and years, Gladys was a master when it came to irony, dry wit. The process entails saying something so ridiculous, something that you know means the exact opposite of the face value of the words, that when you hear it, you just got to laugh. Yes, I know there are well-known people who appear from time to time on the evening news who say the exact opposite of what you and everybody else who can read knows they're actually doing, but I'm not talking about this blatant equivocation. I'm talking here about people who know that they are delivering up first-class INA and who know that it will be appreciated. Listen to this. Years and years ago, I remember telling Gladys that my wife was about to be visited by her daughter who was coming home from college for the weekend. And Gladys said, that's nice. She'll have someone to help her around the house.
say to yourself, Humble plays awful good tunes. Why does Humble play such nice tunes, such nice changes, such nice melodies? You can hear the changes, you can hear the tunes. And I'm going to tell you why I play such good tunes, because in a farmer life, maybe 40, 50 years ago, I used to play bass in different jazz bands. So I used to play all these tunes. So I don't play anything for you that I can't play myself, or that I can't sit down at the piano, and even though I play badly, I know all the changes, I can tell you what the changes are. So that's the story there. And we were talking about my old neighbor Gladys. Gladys was a master of irony. And my late friend Doris, who lived to be 95, so also wants our attention here. One time I was telling Doris about a clarinet player. Well, it happened to be my great-uncle. My great-uncle played for dances. He was a clarinet player, played for dances back around 1910. But his wife didn't like it because he was very popular, as I know, I can tell you this, like any musician in a band, you're right up front, everybody knows you. And my uncle, my great-uncle, was always going home with one of the girls, So because I said his wife didn't like it. And Doris, 92, 93 years old, said with her very proper old woman voice. Wasn't that nice of him, going home with the girls? He wanted to make sure they got home safely.
Django here on The Humble Farmer. Well, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music, just old-fashioned, old-fashioned. i got to slow it down to get it out. Old-fashioned music, just for you. I play old-fashioned music just for you every week this time. Thank you for listening. I am the humble farmer at gmail.com, and I'd love to hear from you. What are you doing right this minute? There are two ways of looking at most everything. But when my wife, Marsha, the almost perfect woman, made pickled beets, Mark, my friend Mark, heard about it, and he said, too bad that she didn't can something people really like. All I could think was, he's never had Dolly Davis's pickled beets. There are women, and there are women. And there are pickled beets, and there are pickled beets. So there is, there is a chance, a good chance, that the reason Mark doesn't like pickled beets is because he never had any good pickled beets. Diesel nitimin. Diesel nitimin is a Dutch word that means nevertheless or however. And it's a fun word to say, so I like to say it. And diesel nitimin. However, on the other hand, I do not care for what people in this country call biscuits. That's biscuits. I can eat a dozen yeast rolls slathered with butter, but I don't care for biscuits. You know this happens to you every once in a great while. Someone will say to you, Oh, you don't like so-and-so because you've never had so-and-so. You've never had one like mine. Have one of these. So I'm ta- pressed, you know, I'm forced to take a bite of a, of a biscuit. And every, listen to this, every biscuit I have ever been teased into eating tasted just as bad as the last one. So the point of this is perhaps Mark's taste buds are such that there never can be an ideal pickle beet that he would like. I know, because biscuits taste bad.
And I have to admit, I have to admit, I have never played that song. 1929, Ted Weems, Here We Are. That was a bit before my time. Even though I played songs older than that, I, that is a Ted Weems special. I like to play Ukulele Ike and Ted Weems. Give us a taste of what was going on in the 20s, 30s, 40s. Are you ever confused by what you read on web pages? I wanted to send Aaron Robinson a message. After locating his contact page, I filled in my information and my message. And on the bottom, got finally got down through it on the bottom, I read, Enter, Captcha, C-A-P-T-C-H-A. Somewhat puzzled, of course, I typed, Captcha on the line. Nothing happened. I typed in Captcha two or three ways. But I was stopped right dead in my tracks. Then, way over on the right-hand side, on the bottom of of the page, I saw a word. I typed that word into the slot. And lo and behold, the gates opened wide. Please tell me if you have ever seen capture on anything similar before. I'm the humble farmer at gmail.com and perhaps you can tell me why do web pages have to be so complicated?
Django. The next tune I'm going to play is Natalie Cole doing a tune called Non Dementica. I meant to play it last week, but I forgot. A while back, a woman who does a lot of public speaking wrote me a letter asking for advice. She said she gives the people in her audience an evaluation sheet. But no matter how wonderful they said she was in the written part of the evaluation, most of them never give her more than a 7 on a scale from 1 to 10. Well, that's simple. I told her that if I were having that kind of trouble, I'd ask them to evaluate me on a scale from 1 to 7. She didn't write back. Non dimentica means don't forget you are my darling. Don't forget to be All you mean to me Non dimentica My love is like a star My darling Shining bright and clear Just because you're That our lips have met And I've held you tight, dear Was it dreams ago My heart felt this glow Or only just tonight, dear Non dimentica Although you travel far My darling It's my heart you
Basta non dimenticare. Natalie Cole. Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station. Where with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. I am thehumblefarmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. And as you well know, from time to time I say something that I hope might help you. And because this is one of those times, I hope you will listen carefully, especially if you're a young person. For many years, I was a humorous after-dinner speaker, and in that capacity, I attended association meetings all over the United States, all kinds of associations. When I traveled around, I sat in on their seminars And I learned a little bit about their work and the financial aspects of many, many different businesses. So, if you are a young person who is still undecided as to a career, you might want to make a note of this. There is much more money to be made in burying dead people than there is in healing sick animals.
Django. One day, while walking through the airport in Newark, New Jersey, I saw something that swung me around in my tracks. It was a sign over a pile of shirts that said, <laughs> I can't believe this. This sign over this pile of shirts said, three for a hundred and ninety-nine dollars. Three shirts for a hundred and ninety-nine dollars? Well, it must have been a slow morning because the woman in the store there came over and asked me if she could help. I said I couldn't believe that anyone would pay a hundred and ninety-nine dollars for three shirts. She said that she sells a lot of those three for a hundred and ninety-nine dollar shirts to bankers and lawyers and hospital presidents. Would you like to give this some thought? Could we not probably cut your interest rates as well as your health insurance in half if we could get bankers and hospital presidents to buy their shirts for a dollar at goodwill and lawn sales like you and I do?
Alan Vachey. It says right here in the notes, Phil Fan- Fanigan, F-A-N-I-G-A-N on bass. Is, that, is there such a person as Phil Fanigan? I should have gone online and looked. I thought it might have been Phil Flanagan, but what do I know? You know about this stuff. And now, togetherness. You hear a lot, of course, about togetherness. Families should do things together. One day, one of my wife's kids drove from Maine to Rutland, Vermont, with dog, kid, and husband. Can you think of anything that will bond a little family quicker than riding 200 miles on icy roads in a Volvo with a large, wet dog? At my age, such outings, although they sound delicious, are beyond me. In other seasons, one might bundle up the little family, sit for hours on a hard bench in 30-degree temperatures, and pass a hot thermos from lip to lip while watching a football game through lightly fallen sleet and snow. Not my thing. Then, there are the eagerly awaited four days in Orlando, yippee where one finds unidentifiable items behind the bed, the smell of chemicals in the corridor, questionable bedding, and a shower that doesn't work. Been there, done that. So, what can an old man with a glint in his eye and his beautiful, adventurous young trophy wife do to maintain this essential, never-ending bonding process? It might surprise you to hear that every morning, are you listening? It might surprise you to hear that every morning, the first thing my wife and I do when we wake up is take our pills together. Thank you. 
sounded <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> I don't know what was that. Nineteen thirty-nine Django. It says on this CD. Nineteen thirty-nine. A good year. We were we were pretty small in nineteen thirty-nine, weren't we? Parents, are you a parent? Here's another one of those terrible things that children can be exposed to on the internet. If your children are wandering around out there in internet land, please be advised that this is the type of thing that they can and will be exposed to. I recently read on the internet that Isabel, daughter of Charles VI of France, was only seven years old when she married England's 29-year-old King Richard II in 1396. Three years later, only three years later, she was a widow. You know, this is unfortunate. But what else can you expect when you marry a man old enough to be your father?
Scott Hamilton here on The Humble Farmer, where, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time right here on your favorite radio station. Thank you for listening. I am The Humble Farmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. And that was, of course, my word, that is 30, over 30 years old, that recording, because it was back when Scott Hamilton was playing with Chris Flory, Phil Flanagan, Chuck Riggs, very tight John Bunch, very tight, tight rhythm section behind him there. Time for one or two more, more Django. There are two kinds of people on this planet, those of us who get tired and you lucky folks who don't. It is my understanding that my neighbor Gary Haverinen doesn't get tired. Raoul Champagne and Donald Jacobson can allegedly listen. These two fellows can get by on four or five hours sleep a night. My uncle Rudy in Sweden said he never got tired. And if my buddy Bernard Davis ever gets tired, he won't admit it. If my wife Marsha, the almost perfect woman, were a farm girl, she'd have her day's work done and be out in the hen house an hour before sunrise, shining a light in the rooster's eyes, you know, trying to get him to crow a little earlier just so all the rest of us would have to get up and do something. It's not fair, is it? Do you think it's fair? It's not fair that I get tired in the afternoon. I can usually get through the mornings, but at three or four, or even earlier, at one in the afternoon, this tiredness can hit me like a sledgehammer. Bang! I'm dead. Don't want to do anything. There are also many exciting things I want to do on my farm, but all of a sudden I can't get out of my tracks. I just want to drop. The other day I says to my wife, Why why in the world did you ever marry a man who's always tired? And she said, Well, when I used to come down here to see you evenings, how was I to know you'd been sleeping all afternoon? <laughs> 